Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. today's episode of the post sunday podcast this podcast is an extension of genesis church located in orlando florida every sunday you can attend one of our three amazing services at 8 15 9 30 and 11 a.m or if you don't live in florida you can stream live on facebook and youtube at genesis church orlando you can also watch on demand and as always follow us all week long on instagram YouTube, TikTok, and X at Post Sunday Podcast. And also, make sure to subscribe to listen every week on Spotify and iTunes. Now, for today's episode, here are your hosts, Pastor Johnny Sierra and Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? I'm so excited to have you guys on episode five. Here we go. I am excited. I am uh, honored to be accompanied by uh, my main man, Pastor Tim Grandstaff, and I'm going to let you do the honors as to how special today is. Today's special because I hit you with a text message. Yes, I got a guest for the pod today that not a lot of people are familiar with. Unless you've listened to me teach and talk and share some stories, because many of them, many of them involve this man, come from this man, as I've sat at the feet of this man. So I give to you none other than my life coach, oh my. mentor. I'm going to build you so up for deep. a second. No, Can I do deep. this? No, it's okay. I got Whatever. lots of stories today. I will receive it. Uh, this is, this is doctor. Doctor. Dr. Matt Wilmington. Is I prefer go. Reverend Dr. Dr. Matt Wilmington is in the go. house today. Woo! So I prefer Reverend Doctor. We'll, we'll call you Reverend. We'll call you whatever you need to be called today. I'm, I'm, I've called you all sorts of names yes, in my I'm, entire lifetime. <laughs> so let me, let me set the stage for today. So everybody that's listening, especially those at Genesis Church, those that may not be a part of Genesis Church, um, just bear with me for a minute because I've got a, a little mouthful to dump bring on it, everyone today. This is my former interim youth pastor True. when I was in middle school yep. wow. who promised to take me to King's Dominion and never did. Bitterness. <laughs> We're still bitter about that. <laughs> Root of bitterness. <laughs> and we still talk about that years that later, as you awesome. can tell. Wow. Um, he was my camp counselor, my camp speaker, um, all those things. Yeah. Small group leader. Yeah. And then... Uh, he became my professor at Liberty University. Wow. Because Dr. Matt Wilmington has been a professor at Liberty for a long time. New Testament survey. What else? Old Testament, Old evangelism, Testament. whatever nobody else wanted to teach. They just gave <laughs> That's him. That's what they gave him, right? <laughs> and That's then uh, while I was interning in college, he also was executive pastor at Thomas Road Baptist Church. He's executive pastor of ministries currently still today. Wow. He's also the director of pastoral training for Liberty University. And so he was my boss. 
Then he left. Left me all alone like he did in sixth grade. Very and didn't take me to King's Dominion. <laughs> and weird. he moved to Atlanta, Georgia. So it wasn't the, enough. He, to be the executive pastor of Westridge Church. I didn't know that. With Brian Bloy. Yeah. That's awesome. Where yeah. we came from. Wow. The church that helped start us and plant us. And so he was my boss for nine years. And all along, he's been, he, he literally, God, he listen, here's your, the deal. We're friends. <laughs> We're friends. I'm telling you, listen, let me, let me say this. <laughs> We're brothers in Christ. That's, Although we talk about sitting at the time. feet of your rabbi. Brothers in Christ. <laughs> this is my rabbi. I'm going to say that. Yeah. This is the man I've learned God's word from the most wow. in my life. Praise wow. God. And uh, his father, mm-hmm. Dr. Harold Wilmington. Now that's something. Legend. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. As a commentary, you get like in all your Bible computer programs and everything like that. And so when I tell the story of the guy that I, I, in my young uh, stubbornness, thought that I was going to debate and banter theology with, and then God said, shut up and just listen for the rest Mm. of the time at the coffee shop. That was his father. I just looked at those pictures. I've got those pictures. Again. I need those pictures. Sitting, I'm giving them to you. Let me have those pictures. I will give you them were at to that you. Sitting at the coffee shop. In, after we li- yes, I will give them That's to you. Incredible. And so I have learned so much in sixth grade. And here's the, 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 the ribbon on the whole thing for everybody listening, especially if you've been in with this pod for over a year, season one, and then you've been at Genesis. This man is the man that helped us map out the never-ending story week by week. Nice. So he gets the credit for all that. Welcome, Matt Wilmington, <laughs> Dr. Matt Wilmington, Woo! to the pod. We're done. This has we been a good excited podcast. to have Thank you, you on, bro. We ran out of time, so <laughs> I'm just going to go on now. I've, I've never gotten to do that because you won't come speak at That's Genesis. It. How do you deal with the bitterness <laughs> of a man of God? It just goes on. No, I would do I'm that for the whole church. That's amazing. You just got to get down here on a Sunday. You did yes. have me but speak at a marriage bit. retreat, and then you never invited me back. So <laughs> I, think, I think I messed something That's up. That's because, hey, listen, people haven't forgotten that. <laughs> Good My or man bad. said intimacy is an act of worship. So people are like, <laughs> I did. let's go I did worship, go baby. That was it. Everybody <laughs> left it. the room. I'm like, a lot of babies have been married. We like love that. this man. <laughs> Listen, if that's the theology he's going to teach us, <laughs> we got to have I it. bring my short king theology wherever I can. Let's go. So today's going to be fun. Today is fire. Because yes. we don't talk as much today. <laughs> my man gets Lord. to talk. I am Do we ever get to sit at his feet? Do we ever get to the Bible? Do we get to the word? Do we get to the word? We will. And and so that you know, this podcast is a discipleship tool. Yeah. So it isn't just a time for us to sit around and just talk sports or whatever. It is an extension of the church, but you don't have to go to our church. We want to take God's word. We want to pack it. We want to give you deeper, extra content. And then we want to talk about how we can walk this out. So we always have a let's go moment. Like, where are we taking this? Yeah, where are we going? I love this. Applicable moment. So we're excited because, uh, you know, a lot of our audience spans from different, different areas. We got Jersey people. We got, um, you got a few people, Michigan people, Michigan people Michigan. Virginia, Georgia, uh, people using this podcast as a discipleship tool. So, uh, every they'll, they'll use it and then just go to small groups and then have times of discussion. So it's great, man. It's, it's what it, for me, the simplicity, uh, that I've wrapped my head around this it has been always let, let this be attached to your teaching. Uh, but let it be kind of part two. Yeah, that'd be a part two, an extension of your teachings. You could bring some little bit more context, maybe some some different questions, different angles. And so with having that approach, it's kind of helped liberate the 30-minute te- the, the yeah. 
time constraint that you feel, you when know, you're that you're limited to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're excited, man. Um, it's funny you brought all this up and, um, it, you know, you're talking legacy. You're talking, you know, child. We're, we're going we're gonna to speak about that a little bit. Chad got to speak on that. But it's, it's crazy how, you know, his father, right? Uh, and I maybe want to get your take on that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're, as you're growing up. Right, because we're going to talk about Jesus as a boy, right, and the process that he developed as uh, who he became. But you know, we can we can look at it in our lives. You know, did that call was? Can we see fingerprints? You know, in that call that God had for our lives, even even at a small child infant stage or toddler stage. So, would love to get your feedback of you just growing up and how that looked like for you. You know. But we are in episode five, and uh, and man, this has been great. The way of the Messiah is where we've been, 52 weeks of Jesus, straight Jesus. And you can't get better than that, right? And so um, the big question today was, did Jesus know he was God when he was a boy, right? And so we want to we we hit a little bit on that. Uh, Pastor Chad was able to bring great word on it yesterday really bringing some 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 good stuff but we want to dive a little bit deeper on that so tim man if you want to yeah so let's unpack that today because that's a question like even my son last night he was like i'm gonna listen to this week and i want to i want to really like hone in on it he said because this is one of the questions i've had like always like how come we don't know more about jesus as a boy Mm. you know and so it's the unknown that 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 just i think grabs people's curiosity You know, and so we want answers for things that we don't quite understand or we don't get stories for. So let's just kind of unpack that a little bit. The only account we have of Jesus as a, as a boy outside of his birth is in Luke chapter 2. So that's where we are today, Luke chapter 2. Um, but I'll let you kind of just lead into this today with, you know, that main question is, you know, first and foremost, why don't we have more? information about Jesus as a boy? Like, wh- why is it that the gospel writers even left that out, most of it? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, there's a lot of places that we, a lot of on-ramps to this discussion and highways, and what's fascinating is this question was actually the question that the early church was dealing with a lot. And uh, matter of fact, there were seven church councils, okay, from like 380 to 700 AD. There were seven church councils where a bunch of bishops or church leaders in different cities got together. And the first three or four, they were debating this very thing. So this goes back almost 2,000 years of who was Jesus, what was he like, uh, what was his nature. And that speaks to why do we have what we have or don't we have what we have. Uh, The simple, so there's a lot of stuff. we, We can go all kinds of places. But the first, the simplest answer is this. When we're reading God's word, uh, there's an old saying, the author is doing something with what the author is saying. So it's real simple. If God doesn't s- tell us about it, it ain't important. Mm. So there's 1,138 you know, chapters in, in the Bible. God gives us what he needs us to have. Well, I wished I would have known what was Jesus like when he was 17. And mm-hmm. How come there's no story? Because that's not part of the story. Wow. So we've, watched, we've all watched movies where it, they're, the cuts, they're, you know, it, it drops in here, there's a scene in this episode, and then, and then it goes over here, and you just skip four years. It's like, 
what, what happened? Well, I, w- I want to know, and I want to fill in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the story. That's good mm. stuff. That ain't the story. And so a lot of what we crave sometimes as Christians, and even people just seeking to know about God, well, I want to know what God thinks about this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, but that's not what he wants to tell us. So the simple answer is he's telling us the story he wants us to know because it ain't about Jesus as a teenager. It's Jesus three years. It's those thousand days. So the short answer is that, that he's, he's just telling us what we need for salvation and to get this story wow. going because we're not going to do a week-by-week chronology of yeah. Jesus from Luke's writings. That's so good, man. I think that, you know, it. as Matt said, the perspective you have to realize is that the gospel writers are not writing autobiographies. This is not an autobiography of Jesus. This is an eyewitness account. Therefore, what they're telling you they saw and they experienced, they're wanting you to know for a very important reason. That's good. And we want the autobiography. We want from the birth to That's whatever. Mm-hmm. And we won't go down this rabbit trail. But, you know, you know, I've had some people come and ask the question, like, what about the other writings not included in the Bible? So you get, like, the infancy gospel of Thomas. Mm-hmm you know, that was written, and then it has these outlandish stories, stories of Jesus crazy stories, right. as a boy wow. that I think immediately just discredited, you know, when you read them. Yeah. You know, it's like a story, Jesus takes a stick and he divides pools of water, and a young boy comes along like boys would do and, and mm-hmm. mixes them all up, and so then Jesus curses him. Right. Right. And then right. Jesus is in the village, and he bumps into a kid just like kids do, and, you know, most kids would bow up and throw a punch. Instead, Jesus turns around and says, I'm taking your life, and the kid drops dead right there. Like, wow. these are the crazy stories right. in yeah. it okay. about it. So when yeah. it comes to those, though, I think a lot of people still go, yeah, but I feel like they excluded it for a reason instead of included it. Yeah, I mean, canonization, that's that whole, that's a whole journey of how do we get the 27 books or the 66 books that we know God has revealed. And there's a long, long story there. There, There is a lot of what you're talking about. There's a lot of um, autobiographies or biographies that people are just writing. It's like if we go on the internet right now, there's all kinds of, of podcasts with all kinds of crazy ideas. It doesn't mean they're truthful. Uh, and so we know God's word was collected really up through the first uh, end of the second century. But early on, there's a tradition. First of all, if something's written by an apostle, I know that Pastor Tim wrote this, so I'm going to trust it. Uh, if the churches are accepting it, if it, it carries on the teaching of salvation, uh, the orthodoxy of what they were already hearing. So there's like three or four criteria that, and, and it was pretty early on, and it is true, they didn't have all 27 books. You know, Jesus ascends into heaven, and then the book drops down out of this cloud. Uh, so it is a pro, kind of a progressive thing over a few decades uh, but pretty early on, we've got the New Testament. And now, if it's popular, then there's going to be a lot of people wanting to, to kind of jump on that bandwagon. Oh, well, I got a story. Well, I got a story. Well, I knew little Jesus when he... No, you didn't. <laughs> and so they get all these myths <laughs> that didn't. start to develop. Yeah, yeah. And especially, uh, you know, apocryphal writings that are like 200, 300, 400 years out, it takes time for a myth to grow, which mm. is actually why we trust the New Testament writers, because it's the myth didn't have enough time to grow. Uh, but by the time two or two or three hundred years later, you got myths that are growing. So, 
you're right. I mean, there's crazy stories of miracles, Jesus making little clay pigeons and animals flying. And it's stuff that's out of the character. And that's the other thing. Can I, when I read this, does it line up with the character of mm. who, I, who I'm reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? That's good. And that kind of stuff, killing the little, little boy or, yeah. you know, floating in the air or doing a bunch of these miracles, it, it doesn't fit with the purpose, all kinds of reasons. Jesus didn't do miracles for attention, retribution, self-serving. Jesus did miracles as a sign. It accompanied his ministry, which started when he goes down in the water, he hears the Father's voice, the Spirit comes down on him, and he starts a thousand days of his ministry. There's a reason he only does a thousand days of public ministry. I'm sure he was serving through those 30 years. He was serving people, loving God, loving people. Uh, carrying out the great Shema, but he, he's not doing miracles then because he's doing miracles that only accompany, they're a sign to say, hey, this work is from God. So, right, that, uh, that's why those are easily discounted, and most serious scholars don't believe those extra writings, whether they're good-hearted kind of you know, warm-hearted chicken soup for the soul or, you know, precious moments. Oh, let's, here's a story about Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not the point. Let's get to his life and his adulthood, which is the point of the story. Doesn't make his childhood and his adolescence unimportant, but that's not the story. The story is he's born of a virgin. He's celebrated. He's going to have a normal, everything that Matthew and Luke tells us basically is just saying he's going to have a normal life. Check back in 30 years where we pick up the story. That's all Luke is telling us. Wow. <laughs> That's good. Done. It's, no. it's, yeah, exactly. It's so true, though, man. If you tell somebody a story, right, or you, you mentioned a certain uh, situation that happened, and then four, four, he, they pass it on to four or five other people, by the fifth person, that is not the same story yep. that originally yeah. started. It grows. It does. And so it's, it's, it's great, you know. It's beauty that God specifically has chosen his word to apply with these individuals, their accounts, their, what he wanted to use them. And this was going to be it, you know, no, no matter what. And so it was a, it was a beautiful thing, man. But we're referencing everything in Luke chapter two, 41 through 52. Uh, that's the only account we have of Jesus as a boy. And, and so, yeah, I want to read a little bit of it because there's some, some really cool stuff that we're, uh, we're going to do, but uh, it says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. All right. Keep that in mind. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. Verse 43. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went on a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. 46, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished and his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Other translations will say, uh, doing my father's business. 
And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. So I think it's important, you know, to, as Chad pointed out yesterday, realize Luke is Greek. Yes. And he's writing Luke and Acts. Mm -hmm. So he's writing from the birth of Jesus through the New Testament church. Wow. So he's kind of taking all of this in. And he tells us this at the beginning of Luke chapter 2. He tells us, I've compiled all of this from eyewitnesses, a narrative. And he says in verse 4 that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. So right up front, he tells us in Luke chapter 1 why he wrote this whole letter, wow. right? So that you can have certainty that I have sat with the eyewitnesses and recorded details. And so therefore, the question of the story is not Jesus' age. While that matters, because real people, real place, real time, mm -hmm. as to some of the events playing out, what we want to ask are what are the events playing out? Mm -hmm. And what do we need to see and know in them? Because that's an important aspect of the story. And there's a lot to unpack today, and I, I really can't wait to get to the end. But there are the details that it's Passover, um, you know, when they would sacrifice a lamb, you know. Uh, the, it's uh, it's in Jerusalem, the capital city. It's uh, in the temple, you know, the place where you meet God and you, you're in God's presence. And he's missing for three days. So there's this foreshadowing and the whole event just of Jesus' life to come. And so, therefore... You don't know if that is the reason, but that could very well be a reason. Luke says, hey, I want to tell you this one story about him at this age and some of the events taking place, but there's a lot to unpack there. And what do you have, oh, doctor? Well, yeah, and I think the key word, one of the key words is grows. Mm. So the story is being teed up, again, like a movie or a video that says, we're going to have an establishing shot. Here's an opening scene just to to fill in a little bit of where it's going to go. So you have this opening scene, and then you fast forward to, you know, it's 10 years later or 30 years later. Well, there's something about the scene that, that does give you a hint to what happens in that silent period. And for, for us, actually, we don't need to, we shouldn't start at 41. We actually should start at 40. So at 240, what does it say? In chapter 2, verse 40, at the end of the few days, because we have the, the big Christmas story that we just went to, yep. the big Christmas story, and then they go in a few days later. They're there in Bethlehem, and then they go a few days later to fulfill the vows to their Jewish people, and they're just they're doing what the pattern is. And they go in to do the sacrifice of the turtle doves and, and basically a dedication to the Lord of, of Jesus, and this is where they have Simeon and Anna you know, holding up the baby and making prophecies. Mm. So we have prophecies that point towards he's coming. I mean, it, his ministry's coming. He's here. His ministry's coming, but not as a 15-year-old, not as a 20-year-old. So those stories are there. But the punchline, sometimes we miss it because we get to 252. Mm. But 240, what does 240 say? And the child grew in wisdom or stature. Yep. You're going to see the same phrase. So actually in Luke chapter 2, it says it twice that he grew. We do, and I, I agree, the 252 is the big one, kind of sends this out into his adolescence. But as a child, before he goes into childhood, he's still a baby. It says that, that they went back, they went back home, they go to Nazareth, and the child is growing in wisdom and strength. 
which is also Luke's way. He's a doctor. He's interested in human development. It actually is also an echo of where? We got to go back to his cousin. There's another miraculous birth here in this story. Whose is it? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. So if you go back to chapter 1, verse 80, 180 ends Zechariah. He pronounces the blessing on this baby, you know, baby John. And he's going to rise up, son, you're going to do this. The punchline, as that scene fades out, what does it say? And it says, and the boy did what? He grew in wisdom and spirit. And then he went out into the wilderness and he lived. Why? Because mom and daddy probably died because they're old. You know, we forget about John the Baptist. Again, it's part of the story that God doesn't tell us. John the Baptist, he's got an old mom and an old dad. He probably grows up as an orphan. Does he go out and live with the Essenes in the caves? You know, we don't know the, 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 the Bible-loving uh, sect that's out there. But the same, my point is what Luke does is he's giving us hints, the transitions of the story. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an amazing little baby boy, and he's going to grow and develop in wisdom and stature. That's 180. Then you get to Jesus, and he's born. That's miraculous. And then there's this little nudge that says, Again, in the story, establishing shot, uh, he grows. He's a little baby boy. They take him home. He grows up. He's going to grow and develop. Then at 252, it's going to keep saying. So it's, it just keeps pushing the story forward, mm-hmm. keeps pushing the boat forward. And I think, not to, not to make bigger of this topic, but I think just what Luke is saying is, look, these were humans that God is just, they're growing and developing in the silent times. Mm-hmm. So what all did we need to know? Well, there's, there's, there's sim- signs of what's coming. But the point is just go through the, the growth process. God wants, to do, God wants to grow us in silent seasons when nobody knows mm-hmm. and nobody's around writing down stories. And so that's as important. Actually, the silence, that's a, that's a powerful well, let's get past that. I just, oh, let's get to when Jesus. <laughs> no, public, God, yeah. Jesus was doing some. He was growing and developing. That is a human thing to do. That's wow. not so, something that God does. That's something. Wow. So that let's man unpack does. that for a moment because yeah. I know some people hearing that they're going to wrestle with this question. So this is that fully God, fully human mm-hmm. aspect, right? So how does God grow in wisdom and stature? <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and yet you're telling us this is what Jesus did. So if I'm sitting in your class as a college student and I'm trying to figure no, no, this no. out and, and where's my theology going, all of this, and if I'm just like my son trying to wrestle with this, he's God. How do you grow yeah. in wisdom if you're God? And mm. so let's unpack that. Yeah, I said earlier, because I actually am in a, cl- I'm in a class right now. I'm, um, I'm finishing a, a, a study, a degree on Bible and theology. Uh, Because I have to keep growing. Uh, I just turned 61. I'm 42 years into the ministry, and I got to grow. I got to grow in this decade. I got to grow in this season. You can't just, you know, you can't eat yesterday's bread. You got to eat fresh bread. Give us today our our daily bread. So one of the things as we've been studying through this is that. It's funny. It's church history. It's helpful to go back and read about our family, like, through the centuries. It's important. It's just old, stale church history stuff. That's our family. Like, you need to know your family mm-hmm. tree. And the simple thing is, yeah, for like from 300 to 700 A.D., 
Christians, churches got together, they were wrestling with these issues. They didn't have church councils, church meetings the first couple of hundred years. They were busy trying to stay ahead of the law. They were being persecuted, and they were underground, and all of a sudden now, about 300 A.D., they can come out you know, and, and, and be more public. But the point is they get these churches together, and they start arguing, debating some of these things. And they're trying to grapple with the very same, what we're doing on this podcast right now, they, it's been wrestled with for, for almost 2,000 years. So real quick, we won't get into the fat words, okay? But the, the councils were asking this question, and the Trinity and salvation and grace. But there's four approaches to your question. And uh, they have big, fat words, long theology. We won't use those. Uh, our options, our opportunities, when we look at Luke chapter 2, it's either God as man, Jesus is God uh, with man, He's God and man, or he's God-man. Those are our four options. So God as man is the idea that God was just projecting himself as a man. Uh, He's augmented reality. Uh, Jesus is a hologram, so he was never really in the flesh. He wasn't a human. He's God projecting himself, streaming himself for, for 33 years onto the human landscape, and people are just, it's like AR, they're just watching him against the reality of matter, of physical things, but he's not, he's never really real, because God can't be a human, so that's God as man. Now, there's, there is a a phrase, the Gnostics, you know, this gets into this heresy of he wasn't really a human, so that's God as man. Number two is God with man, and so this idea is there's a baby named Jesus, he's literally born uh, to Mary, Joseph is the dad, probably, or maybe it's a Roman soldier that she'd been messing around with or somebody. Anyway, he's a baby. He's a human guy, and he grows up, and he's so, he loves God so much that at the baptism, when he's down in the water with his cousin John, God looks and says, he's so good, and I want to use him. I want to use him as a Messiah. And so God's spirit comes down. We see that happening. He comes down, and he kind of Man, he just, he, he invades Jesus, you know, it's like he takes over his body and he's just, you know, he has this ecstatic experience. And God's spirit comes on Jesus, the man, and he's on him for about three years. That's why he doesn't do miracles for the first 30 years. That's why he's not walking on, you know, walking across ponds or rivers because he's not. But now he's God. And for three years, he has God's spirit on him. He does all these things. And then he goes to the cross. And what's one of the last things that Jesus says? Father, into your hands I do what? I commend my spirit. And just like that, you know, the the spirit of God comes out of him. And poor old Jesus, the man, just dies on the cross. So that's God uh, with man. Uh, The next one is God and man, the idea that, no, 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 Jesus was really God and he was really man. And you get into just all kinds of mental gymnastics, but he's like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, or he's like a merman. You know, it's like he's half God and half man. So sometimes he's using his God, uh, his God powers, you know, his spidey powers, but sometimes he's man, and that's it. Where we've come, orthodoxy, that means historical Christianity, is that he's God-man. He's 100% God, 100% man, blended and so you can't separate. Well, in this story, he was, you know, that was, he was man because he didn't know who touched him. Mm. And, and he didn't know the time when the father was going to, you know, restore the earth and send the gate. I just don't know these things. That's his man part. Or he's tired. He's sleeping in the boat. That's the man part. But the God part is, man, he's, he's on the mountain of transfiguration or he's walking on water. 
Uh, but no, he's God and man. So that's a quick crash course of those. Those are the four different mm-hmm. options we have. The right one is number four. The biblical one is number four. And the early church leaders, they understood number four. Like they said, that's what it was. And they kicked heretics out who said, yeah, I think it's God with man or one of the, they said, nah, uh that's not real. That's not what we got from Jesus who gave it to the apostles, who gave it to the fathers, who gave it to us, who gave it, we keep giving it away. Man. Let's go to school right now. Come on now. You getting a degree Come today. On. I'm no, getting a degree no, today. No. Y'all getting a degree today. You just got to live. Get your Bible degree Listen. right here on the Come on. Sunny Podcast. All that from Luke chapter uh, 2. Listen, this is what I'm telling you. Oh, my whole life, Come on, no, no, no. I've gotten to enjoy this. Good like my man. man just unpacked four That's... scenarios of God and Jesus. That was like, in you what's your favorite Three dish? minutes. Like, I don't know. That's a Thanksgiving dish right in front of you with all the fixings. But oh. as Chad said yesterday, what he just said, yeah, and what Chad said, I think that's the, you know, Chad was like, we can pack up and go home unless we want to make this applicable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Jesus was the same at 12 as he was at 30, right? Because he's God man. So the age didn't matter, but, he, but you know, that's hard for people to, to grasp. And so, um, that's what this podcast is about. So like, yes. that's the thing. Like if you're taking notes, it's just, you know, God, God's writing more in the silence. You know, we, we Matt spits that out. You know, someone today needs just to hear that. They feel like everything's silent around them. No one's paying attention. No, no one's noticing. I'm not progressing forward in life the way that I want. Hey, God's writing in the silence, right? When the story arrives for other people to see or to know, let him decide that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the same time, we're going to just unpack some theology that, yes. you know, will, will rattle your brain for a little while. And <laughs> that is, I think, what Matt did earlier is probably the most important aspect of the story is the fact that John the Baptist, that Jesus, twice Luke, refers to this grew in wisdom yeah, and great. stature. Yeah, that was really good. And, and I think for a lot of us, that is the key in all of this, mm-hmm. is that if Jesus does that, then we ought to be doing that as well, right? And so as he just said, um, which is this what I love about him, he's taking classes. <clears throat> I mean, he's a has a doctorate. He is the director of pastoral training at Liberty University, the largest Christian university in, in, in the world. And yet at the same time, he's taking classes to continue to learn and grow. Man. We've said it often. Awesome. We, we will be a student of Jesus till the day we die and meet him face to face. We are to never stop growing, never stop learning. And that is what we've been doing together, me and you, even in the never ending story this year, the way of the Messiah, this pod is we're continuing to grow. And that's been the the fun part is we're learning new things. And people are like, well, how can you learn new things? You have, you have your faith. You believed all of this because that's mm-hmm. the never ending story. God's story is never ending. So there are always levels and depths that we keep learning as we keep going back to it. It never ends in teaching us things about who God is, because that's what he does first. It reveals God to us, and then what he desires from us. But I think the the applicable part in the sense of, you know, for some people today is that reality of growing in wisdom. Mm-hmm. And as you said early in the pod, I think that is a piece where, we, you know, maybe a little bit of your story, your childhood with your dad, I think will resonate because, you know, I remember sitting in that coffee shop with your dad. And when I asked him, I said, how did you, so his dad is got like titles, like 
Mr. Bible, you know, all these things, just a, a guy who loved God's word passionately, like very few people you meet, like to the degree of, I forget, he'll tell you in a minute how many hours he would just read God's word a day just because, let alone all the commentaries and books he's written and all that stuff. But if I'm correct, and maybe then you can take over from here, he told me, he said, uh, and I don't know when the time frame was, it was early on in college or whatever, he would read the book of Genesis, and he took a blank sheet of paper, notebook yep. paper, with a three-ring binder, and he would get done reading the book of Genesis, and then he would say, I've got one sheet of paper to summarize the story on. And he would write the story of Genesis in a summary on that one sheet of paper. And then he'd go to Exodus, Leviticus, and he'd do that all the way through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Then he'd come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. And then he was just compiling what he was learning upon time and time again, every time he read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's how he began to collect his writings and his commentary. But it started with a one sheet of paper. If I was to summarize the entire book of Genesis, how would I do it on one sheet of paper? That's amazing. Yeah, that's where he started as a young man. And, and he was walking with God since he was a young man. Uh, I That's my my testimony is, is Samuel in the tabernacle. Like I've just grown up walking with God. Uh, but uh, Dad did, and he was, he was a, a young pastor, and then he was, uh, we moved to Lynchburg in 1972, uh, the first year of Liberty University, and Dad helped to start the school. Wow. And he's one of the founders there and, and taught the Bible the rest of his life. But that was what I got from him was that there's never arriving, there's never, we're done. Uh, there's, there's an old statement that says, our goal is not to master God's word. Our goal is that God's word masters us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of educated academic type of people, they want to they wanna master the word. I'm going to master the word. And there's, there's a point where that I want to be able to think, which, what Genesis is doing is awesome, is that we as people can think through the Bible story. Like, like there's this whole meta-narrative of, you know, what's God's kingdom work, and you know, he's creating and he's redeeming. I mean, uh, what is that? It's great for people to be able to think. So I want to master the story. But, but ultimately, my goal isn't to master the word. The goal is that the word masters us, that it controls us. And so that's, that was Dad's whole life. And he did enjoy teaching, and obviously he enjoyed writing. But I would go, and he would study probably 40, 50 Maybe 60 years of his life, he was studying God's word six hours a day, at least six hours a day. He was just wow. reading. And I would ask him sometimes, and he, he was honest. He would say, listen, son, some people praise me for that or they honor me. He goes, I have to do this. He's just like, do you have to eat and breathe? He goes, I just have to read God's word. It's like, it's not like I'm so great. I just am hungry for it. I have to have it. And so he wow. he did that. And there were different times where I'd walk into his office and he would be sitting there, and he'd been sitting there all day reading or, you know, studying, getting lessons ready, and put his glasses down, kind of wipe his eyes, and, and I said, what? He said, I was just reading this passage again. You know, I'm just reading, rereading Amos. And he's saying, um, I'm reading things, I'm seeing things that I just saw, and I've been reading it for decades. And that's where the Holy Spirit, you know, people forget, I'm reading this book, I'm reading this. No, no, no. The author is right here. Like, Corinthians makes it clear that Holy Spirit is the one teaching us. So every time I read, I'm looking at the Holy Spirit saying, illuminate, illuminate this. You've preserved it. You inspired it. You revealed it. You protected it. But now every time I open it up, it's preserved. But 
you're going to serve it fresh every time I open it. If I come with ears, he that has ears, she that has ears, let her hear. And the Holy Spirit's sitting right here. And so God, uh, Dad taught me to, you listen, what is God saying today? Now, that goes off on tangents because people then will go, well, I don't think it's that. My, you know, the Spirit's telling me, okay, that's why Bereans, mm. what you're doing right here, what Genesis is doing is right. We're doing it in community. There's biblical authority, spiritual authority, but we're in community. So someone could say, uh, Pastor Chad, you know, Pastor, Pastor Jim, I don't know. I don't understand that. We may get something wrong. I get stuff wrong. But Dad taught me that. And so it's a lifelong, all of this, it, it ties back to the growing. All of it, I mean, we all love the posts. We want to see the post, and stories are post, and here's the highlight, and here's this moment. I mean, tell me about sports ball, right? You know, he knows I don't watch uh, sports very much, but every, oh, that great game or that winning shot, what's it, what's the real story? Mm. Thousands and thousands of layups in a dark gym, right? Thousands. Uh, look at this guy, how strong he is. Thousands of hours in the gym that nobody sees. Uh, building a business, you know, some of you are building businesses and it's like, oh, look, oh, oh, he opens his third shop or she got her, you know, 100th customer. Yeah, but what, where, where is it? The hundreds of days and contacts, knocking on doors and, you know, cold calls. So all of our life is lived in the Deuteronomy 6, kind of the Shema, like it's walk the walk, talk the talk. And that's my dad. He just walked the walk and he was with God every day in the disciplines all we see is the post, the big, the big, oh, man, he got on the stage and preached this, or he wrote this big book. Yeah, but nobody's watching my dad uh, as he would get it. He would come to his office in the morning. First thing he would do is get a sheet of paper out, and he would write down his prayer for the day. And years ago, he just got in the habit of writing prayers, his prayer to the Lord. And then he would read the prayer, and then he would tear it up and throw it. I said, Dad, why do you do that? He goes, I don't know. It's like offering incense to the Lord. He goes, I don't know. It's not biblical. And I said, don't tear them up. I actually went through his desk, and I found some that he forgot to tear up, oh, and I've wow, got those. Wow. But it's, it's back to this Jesus thing. It's just God's work is done. You know, the growth is in the ground. The yeah. growth is in the ground. The seed's down there. The growth is in the ground. Oh, look at that flower. Look at this fruit tree. Mm. The growth is in the ground. The growth is in the roots. And we're, we're a generation that loves to look at the fruit. Man, I want that. I want that business. I want that marriage. I want that. I want to be that kind of parent. Sure. Uh, I want to be this kind of Christian. I want to know, yeah, but you're not, where's the roots? And Jesus, those silent times, he's just building out. It's the roots because this is what I want you to do. So that's the, that's the gift my parents gave to me and watched my dad uh, walk him through death. And uh, right up until the day or two he was dying, he died at 86, had cancer, uh, he was having pastors in the house around the bed, praying with them, talking spiritual things, and sort of like kind of put me in mind of uh, Paul, remembering 2 Timothy. What's he saying? He's in the, he's in the jail. He's in the prison. He's not going to get out of this one. Uh, there's no angel. There's no earthquake coming while they're singing at midnight. He's going home. But what does he say? Bring me, he does some restoration, bring me John Mark. We had a little problem, but bring him back because he's valuable. He says, you know, bring me a coat because I'm, I'm cold. But then he also says, bring me the parchments and bring me the books. And he's saying, bring me my journal, bring me my study stuff. But he's also saying, bring me my copy of God's word. Because right before he's getting ready to leave and, and upload 
to heaven. He's going to see Jesus. I'll ask him questions then. You know, I'm just going to relax right now. Mm-hmm. He's saying, until the moment I die, until they take my head off my body, I'm going to eat a little bit more. The Holy Spirit hears. Because when I get to heaven, I never again get to learn in this faith setting. Mm. I'm not in the ground anymore. And I can't walk by faith in heaven. Mm. So I've got to eat God's word until the moment I close my eyes and I upload. Mm. And so that's what we got to do. There's no more faith in heaven, right? And I think that's sight. Yeah. It's sight. Wow. Mm. That's good stuff, man. I what intrigued me about this entire because we're waiting we're reading Quest 52 and it really helps just it's been helping just really uh guide us through these weeks that we're in. But in particular with Chad's topic, I thought it was fantastic because, you know, as we have been reading last year um in the uh never-ending story, we've just context right real people real places real time and that is something that our church is now really adapting Mm -hmm. you know and so when we're looking at luke here i i just found it so fascinating that his perspective or his his background was to illuminate um your history as a child Mm -hmm. right as 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 a greek Mm -hmm. right like the stories and then so you look you know, even now, right? Don't they try to do that with Zeus and all these different mm-hmm. things? You know, we're, we were, we we watched a little bit of the Percy Jackson uh, mm-hmm. on Disney, and it's just illuminating a young boy's life. And 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 can this ultimately? Can this is this boy? Can it? Can he be the man? Yeah. Can he be the man that we are mm-hmm. wanting? That we're, we're the savior, right? And and where do we see that? You know, and so to see that in Jesus's life. Um, you know, particularly in this situation, why not any other story? Why not any other moment? Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful how this kind of particularly lines up to his death, his burial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, you know, you think to yourself about that and you're just, it's, it's fascinating to see how God uses that particular highlight, highlighted moment there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read this with John Piper. He's, he had said that, um, when it comes to this story and looking at the life of Jesus, what can we learn from it, mm. right? And what can it reveal to us? He said, we see four things. We see that he sought out teachers and sat in their midst. He listened. He would ask questions and then he gave answers. Mm-hmm. And so inevitably, you know, he's saying that is the life of a learner. Let, mm. To sit and to learn mm. at the feet of Rabbi Jesus at the, the, the feet of people who are have understood or have learned ahead of you so that you can gain that wisdom and knowledge. But the, the beauty of it is is that what just happened here, right? We're used to talking. We get to sit and listen because that's the key. Like I said, you know, when I sat with his dad, it was like, oh, I cannot wait to ask him this question about the rapture and about what he believes in the tribulation. And then the Holy Spirit was just like, no, just shut up, kid. Like, just sit and mm. listen today. Yeah, You don't have half of what you think that you 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 know and, and need in this moment. Just absorb. And the beauty, like Matt just did, so it just shows you how it trickles. So this is what we talk, and we talked last week about parenting. What are you trying to build? Mm. And you know what you want to build, but how you build it matters. 
And so what you want to build will be dictated by how you build it. And Matt was blessed to grow up in an environment, some people are not, Mm -hmm. where he got to see his dad sit at the feet of Jesus for hours upon hours a day. And that changed and impacted his life, right? And that is why all of a sudden he can sit here and he can say, well, in in Luke chapter this, and, and if you notice, he just spit in scripture. The same way his dad did, and I, and I began to realize when I was sitting with his dad, like, he would never say, like, well, in Jeremiah 29, it says this. He would just speak it, and you realize he's not. He's not coming up with phrases. He's quoting scripture just in the middle of sentences, left and right, because the word of God is now in him. And so there's that sitting at the feet of people and listening, which we do. People do at Genesis, which we do when we sit with other pastors and leaders and the, the resources that we use to study from. Um, then there's the listening part. And then inevitably, that's the beauty of it. There is the ask the questions, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you learn. We tell people all the time, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. But ask questions because you want to grow in your learning. Don't ask questions because you want to be skeptical and try to create some argument, you know, and just debate. You don't have time to sit around and just d- debate if you don't want to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... He gave answers. Now, ultimately, he's Jesus, so he gives the best answers, and that's why everybody's astonished at him, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. At the same time, that's the end goal. Always be ready to give an answer for those who ask, Paul says, right? And so as you're growing, as you're learning, that's the beauty of it. All of a sudden, you it's all these spiritual deposits of God's word in your life, and you never know when that withdrawal is going to happen. And you end up in a conversation with someone at the coffee shop or your neighbor or a coworker or a teammate. And all of a sudden you start saying things and you're having like this internal, you know how it goes, moment where you're going, what am I saying right now? I, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. And it's not a haughtiness. It's a reality that all that stuff that was deposited, all that time in God, with God and in his word is now being used. And you're able to give some answers, maybe not always every answer. We can't answer every question that people have about God and his word. That's the beauty. I was watching uh, The Chosen this past week. We went to see it. And I know, you know, some people have thoughts because not all of it is in the Bible, but it gives a really neat, I think, perspective, right? When you go and you see Jesus through that lens. And there's a, there's a moment where they're sitting around a table and probably most people wouldn't have picked it up. It's not a big moment in the movie. And they're asking various questions about life, about their, their people, about Israel, about the Messiah. And they kind of pose a question at Jesus and he just kind of just does it like, yep. And they all look at each other and they, they just keep going on. And it was that reality. Like you're not supposed to know every answer to every question. Mm-hmm. You don't get to know every answer to every question. So when we ask inevitably, well, what was, what was Jesus like as a boy? Who cares? And I don't mean that to, to, you know, make someone feel like I'm demeaning them. Like Matt said earlier, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is to show you that the promise of God in Genesis 3, the promise of God through Abraham, Genesis 12, has arrived, and we're seeing him redeem the world through the Messiah, through Jesus. And so I would say as we're, as we're you know, putting a, kind of an ending on this, um, for those that are listening today, kind of that let's go moment, right? Yeah. Is what are some some things you can give them to to walk this out in their in growing in God's word? Right? Like yeah. like how can they take this and go, okay, as Chad said, at my stage 
of spirituality. I may be a brand new believer. I may be a 30-year believer. How can I continue if I'm a 30-year or begin as a one-year to grow in the wisdom of God? Let's go. Yeah, I think always, once again, following Jesus' model. And that's powerful that he's he lived a human life so that we could follow him. You know, sometimes people say, well, Jesus was just a good man, a moral teacher, and a moral example. Well, he is that. He's not just that. So we are to follow. John tells us that we should walk. In first John, he says we should walk as he does if, if we're his disciples. So walking is what we're supposed to do. And a great compendium to this study is Hebrews. Hebrews 1, 4, 5, 10, 12 is Jesus learning submission. And so from the Luke passage and the Hebrew passage, I mean, Hebrews 4, we don't have time for that. He learned obedience. How does God learn obedience? Well, in his humanity, he actually submitted to authority. So the first thing really is, and, and you touched on it, 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 there's lots of people who read and study and listen and ask questions and learn, but the punchline to all of it is the posture of the heart. Mm. I've met a lot of people. We've met church planners and pastors and students who, who study the word, who ask questions, who've learned and know it, but the posture of their heart was not submission. And so we are to be lifelong submitters to God. And Jesus says, I'm submitted to the will of the Father. They're equal as God. So number one, if you want to keep growing, and the problem is the older we get, the longer I'm at Genesis, the longer my, you know, the bigger my notebook gets, and the more podcasts I listen to, knowledge puffs up. I can become arrogant. I'm in the Father's house, and I'm learning things. Yeah, but you missed where it says he was submitted to his, his parents. By the way, and they're not the best authorities in the world because they're they're imperfect, they're human. So number one, I think it's the spirit. I think we got to carry through the spirit, the heart of submission. And Hebrews will really give you that flavor of he cried out with loud cries and he was submit, submitted as a sacrifice. Always submission. Uh, submission will grow you in the ground, you know, in that silent time. Uh, the flip side is, and I know you touched on it, I think for parents and for those of us who do carry authority for others, uh, Mary and his stepdad, Joseph, they did, they did some good parenting. And they did. We talk about Jesus, you know, these years are silent. Mary and Joseph, like Joseph, the boy's whole life is silent. Like we don't know anything except a few months, a couple of times in this young man's life. And then he's off the scene. Most Bible teachers believe that he probably passed away. Uh, and Jesus probably grew up. Jesus had a stepfather. Jesus grew up with, there was scandalous talk around him in a small town at his, his birth. He grew up with half-brothers and sisters. And he grew up with this stepdad and probably grew up in a, in a one-parent home. At some point, Joseph is gone because when you get to his, his, you know, his ministry, Joseph isn't there. But the point is, the growth is in the ground. The size. Mary and Joseph are doing good, faithful parenting. We're going to synagogue. We're learning Torah. We're doing prayers. We're going to Jerusalem. We're going to the festivals. We are sacrificing. 
line, Isaiah says, line upon line, step upon step. 6 a.m. in the gym, 6 a.m. in the gym, you know, eat right, eat right. More calls, build your business. It's, it's all of life is the faithful things. So submission, I would say the submission always, whether you're my dad at 86 when he died, you have to be submitted to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit sitting here all your life where you become puffed up and faithfulness. I got to be faithful as a dad. My kids are all in their 20s and 30s. Uh, parenting is more when your kids get older than when they're younger. I'm still faithful. You, you have to continue to say, be faithful, be faithful. So those two things. That's awesome, man. Oof. It's been amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, I wish we could keep going. But here's we, we get to. Yeah. So the beauty is the pastors of this church, we will go sit at his feet for the next few hours over yeah, lunch. And we'll continue to learn. Because that's, that's what we do. That's right. So when people are like, well, you're the pastors of the church. Are you the, are you the final authority? No, we're not. First of all, this is God's church. But we are con- continuing to sit at fe- people's feet and learn and grow ourselves. I'll say this. I'm going to book in this. I think I said this uh, a while back. Um, but, yes, kudos to this man because he has been in my life since sixth grade. And so every time I go home to Virginia, we, we try to. Almost every time, get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I go and I sit and I learn with him. On my sabbaticals, when I've had them, I've been able to spend time with him. Um, but Genesis Church is here today because of his dad and him. Wow. So he, I walked into his dad's office while I was at Liberty University, while he was studying, mm-hmm. reading the Bible, walked in, got to say hi to him. And uh, he, he said, hold on, I got something for you. And he gave me a $1,000 check. It was the very first check given and donated for Genesis Church by anybody. Mm-hmm. So that seed that he planted early on was the very first check I received from anybody ever. And then Matt was part of the board that with Thomas Road and then Westridge Church in Atlanta that helped send us here as well. And so literally him and his father have played a part in my life since sixth grade, but now they, they played a part in this church even being here today. And so that is kingdom work. That is what we're talking about, that, that when the word of God is in you, as Chad said, it's not just love God, mm-hmm. it's help others, and it's to live a life of significance for the yes. kingdom of God, right? Yes. And that is what they embody and they do. And so that's been the awesome part yeah. of it all. Wow. Influence the world. That's what he talked about yes. yesterday, man. It was just powerful. So any influence from here, let's go. They played a part in. Yeah, it trickles down, man. And keep it going. Yeah. Ripples, ripples, ripples. Yes, exactly, exactly. Anything so. left? Any any farewell? Any anything? I don't know, man. The hypostatic union. I don't know. No, no. We. <laughs> you know what? What's great about the Genesis family is I've observed it from afar, and and the reputation. You know, church families have reputations. And that's important. Paul talks about the reputations of churches in his letters. Mm. People, and Genesis is a church that people can imitate the faith of this church. And, and you may not think about that if you're, just, if you're a member of this place, but it's the family growing together. And the beauty is, uh, you know, it's the old phrase years ago, together. I mean, nobody's doing it alone. We're all learning together. Yeah. I learn in community. I'm part of a life group on Thursday nights in my house with 14 other people. And that's the beauty of the Christian life. So, man, Genesis, you guys have a great reputation, that's out awesome. extended, but it's for the glory of God. But it is family. So, 
Again, if you're not in, get in the family <laughs> or get in a family. I feel like a spoiled child. There you go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, I've gotten to know you for yeah. a, a year yeah, or two now, and uh, but you know, with that mm-hmm. limited time has come great, great opportunities of just getting to know and sit sit at your feet. But the seeds that you have deposited in him is trickled tremendously over me, and so um, everything just passes down, and so you Keep have. Everything that's gone on in my life, there, there's, 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 you're a part of that as well. And so, thank you for that, man. Uh, this has been, this has been amazing. First uh, interview of 2024. First mm. guest on the 2024 season two of uh, the Post Sunday podcast. We're just so blessed uh, by Matt Wilmington, and so uh, we definitely, we, we, we appreciate you guys. Episode five. Check it out uh, over at Genesis Church Orlando. You can check us out online, genesischurchorlando.com, on Facebook, YouTube. You can check out kind of the, the reference point of the message that we're, we're kind of leaning on um, with a lot of cherries on top today. And hey, let's do this as we end. Yeah. So we're going to do a giveaway this week. All right, let's go. All right. You have to be following our Instagram account. Follow Instagram. Okay. You have to answer the Thursday question. Okay. We're posting a question every week yep. about the pod. Yeah. Okay. So you have to be following it. Instagram. Answer the question on the story and then share the reel. All right. Let's okay. Go. We're going to pick a winner and we're going to give they them get. a regal package for four people to go to the chosen concessions at all digital card Ooh. emailed to you. All right. <laughs> so that's it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow. Answer the question. Yep. Share the reel. Those that don't know how to do that, there's a little arrow <laughs> on the reel. <laughs> and when you click it, it says share to your story. You and you click that so and you do good. that. Okay. Then you will your name will be submitted. We'll draw it and then next week we'll announce the winner. Let's and we'll do a digital wow. regal package to go see the chosen That's for fantastic. you and your family of or friends or whomever, concessions and all that involved. That's, That's how we're ending today, baby. Wow, he's ending it big, guys. You better jump on that quick. So just doesn't matter where you're from. Follow through. Doesn't matter where you're from. Um, Everyone's qualified for that. So yeah, follow those steps and join us, man. But we are super excited. Thank you for for tuning in. If you have any questions on the pod, we always say this, but submit those questions over to postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Send us over whatever it may be, maybe season one questions, today's topic question, whatever it may be. We want to help you just bring some understanding to the best that we can. But also to follow us on all social media platforms, Post Sunday Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube as well. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, hit the notification tab and you'll be you'll be notified on the uh, newest upload uh, there for you. But all in all, man, we are so thankful. We hope that you were blessed by today's podcast we cannot wait to be back with you guys in the way of the messiah episode six until then grace and peace thanks for listening to the post sunday podcast presented by genesis church a place to go further discover more and to learn things you possibly never have be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.